It's Sully from the Blue Line Hockey Club podcast. Tonight's episode is brought to you by kingtutgraphics.com are you looking for a better way to promote your business have you ever thought about a new sign window film clear coat or even wrapping your vehicle think about it all the time you spend in your car driving around raleigh north carolina a vehicle wrap can be working right alongside you a clear branding strategy can make the difference between your next call or not if you're in raleigh north carolina check them out at kingtutgraphics.com your satisfaction with their products and service is guaranteed so go online to kingtutgraphics.com and check them out. Get a free quote and get started with kingtutgraphics.com. Hello, welcome back to the Blue Line Hockey Club, folks. We have another exciting episode of the Blue Line Hockey Club. We have episode 76 tonight. Hello, Sitting in with the boys, the usual suspects. We have our producer, Patrick Uncle Sullivan. What's up, Patrick? Aloha. Local nerd on staff, RIT guy, Robbie Pete Peters. What's up, Pete? Hey, how you mom and him? And the all-around sports guru, Derek D-Train. He too. What's up, D-Train? Hey, what's up, sweetos? And your host of the Blue Line Hockey Club tonight, Mark the Doctor Morley. Oh, Doctor. <laughs> special guest tonight that's going to be brought to you by Branded Bills. Check out brandedbills.com. We have a very special guest, Paul Castron. Paul Castron was a former skating saint from the town we grew up in in Canton, New York. Also eight season with a... Ottawa Senators and 16 with the Columbus Blue Jackets and now is the Vice President of Amateur Scouting with the New Jersey Devils. What's up, Paul? Not much. Just uh, getting ready to roll on the scouting trail here this weekend. So what, what's your... Uh, we had Jay Heimbach on, uh, I think it was last week, and he's up in the OHL. What's your area that you cover? Well, I, I have to go to all the three major leagues and uh, the Canadian Hockey League. I'm all over the world, actually, so anywhere there's good players, I'm scouting them. And actually, I did run into Jay last week. He was on a swing down in my area in Michigan here, so I saw him a little bit. And, uh, you know, there's there's games every night if you want to be out there. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, he was kind of bragging about how all the – games that he has to go to are right in his backyard and you can get to London in 20 minutes and you know he doesn't he gets to sleep at home so it sounds like you're uh doing a lot more traveling than he is yeah I mean I try to you know we go to Europe four or five times a year some international competitions tournaments and stuff but I'm located in Michigan where there's some you know the national program from the U.S. is 10 minutes from my house and I've got Gel and college right around here, so I can I can be gone for a week and then you know be around home for a week with some games that I get back uh, relatively early from. Yeah, the national development program has really taken off over the last, geez, I mean, maybe ten years or so, even a little less than that. I mean, that seems to be the U.S. hockey, uh, U.S. hockey in general has done a great job developing programs and developing players and getting them into that program. And we're starting to see some of these young stars in the NHL at such a young age, and things have really changed as far as uh, you know where these players are coming from. And I think we had 177 Americans um, on the roster t- tonight when the NHL started. So that must be uh, easier for you guys to to recruit some Americans now. Well, it, it really is, and it's a, it was a, certainly a special group they had last year. I think. I don't know what the exact number was, 14 or 16 kids off that 
development team were drafted, which is uh, quite remarkable. And uh, we were fortunate enough to get three of them. So starting with Jack Hughes, who uh, made our opening night roster. So we're excited to see how he'll do come Friday night against Winnipeg. Uh, Paul, when uh, you know Bill Daly uh, turned that final card over uh, during the draft lottery, um, and you guys, the Devils, knew that uh, you were going to have your first pick, um, how did that uh, help you guys going forward? You know, into the combine and then into the draft, did that narrow your list down from let's say sixty to thirty, or um, how did that work once you guys figured out that you were going to have the first pick? Well, it certainly helps. When you get number one, obviously, but even for the other teams that moved up or down, it lets you focus on that last six weeks of the season where you need to spend most of your time. And, you know, for us, it was, you know, the two guys that went one, two were pretty much the the two guys that were in the race all year long, Kako and Hughes. And, uh, you know, there was, there was still, I wouldn't say a ton of hockey, but there was still hockey to be played by both. And, you know, both got to play in the men's world championship and test their, you know, ability against NHL competition. And, you know, I think uh, Kako got a lot better opportunity as far as ice time. You know, Jack Hughes was playing with all NHL players, so it was a little more difficult for him to get the quality ice time. But in one of the important games at the end, he played a lot and showed that he was worthy to be there and, you know, special player at that so they're both going to be stars in the league and you know it's just going to take time for them they're young kids they're 18 years old so you want them to be superstars right away but it's a tough league and it takes time to get comfortable out there yeah yeah i mean you look at you look at jack i mean it looks like he's not even shaving yet when you see him on television and stuff i mean it's yeah it's hard to believe he's even playing in the league at this point but obviously his talent is undeniable but when you know coming from a scout perspective when you're looking at a player you know of his skill set and uh Kako I mean what how does you know how does from an upper echelon standpoint how are you how are you making the decision to choose one over the other like what stands out from one over the other well I mean Kako obviously was a bigger kid and a little bit stronger right now. Um, Jack is a, such a dynamic player and just, I mean, he his edge work and acceleration and quickness and agility down low, I mean, the, the kid doesn't, it's hard to hit him. He's so quick and stuff like that. He just, he just sees the game at a different level than the guys he's playing with. And, you know, it's, time will tell in the NHL, but as far as his draft year last year, just the way he saw the ice and, you know, he would make passes sometimes that you wouldn't believe he could could make them. And the guys on the other end sometimes weren't even ready for them. They didn't think he could make them either, you know. So, sure. You know, and, and Kako, the same thing. I mean, his game is more on strength down low, and he is, he's a hard man to handle. I mean, he's a kid, but he plays like a man. He, he controls the puck down low, and... He, he proved it against NHL competition in the men's world championships that he's going to be a horse to be reckoned with when he starts this week and uh, they open up tomorrow against Winnipeg and we get them on Friday. So a, a good test for both teams and both kids are going to be uh, tested right off the hop. A lot of people will be watching that game. 
Rangers double for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think we play them two two weeks in. We play them, so it'll be a it'll be a big night for both those kids going head to head. I mean, they're going to be linked together no matter what. I mean, everybody's going to be looking at you know why you take this guy over that guy. So it, it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. So we got to be patient with it and and let let the cards fall where they may. But I think they'll both be stars in the league when it's all said and done. No doubt. Yeah, Paul, just to uh, touch on Jack Hughes a little bit, I, I got a chance to catch him in preseason, and, you know, obviously not all the guys are in the lineup, but he, he had a great showing for the preseason for the Devils, and just as, uh, like you said, being able to pass the puck and people aren't aren't expecting it. I was watching a power play, and uh, he went to almost fake his shot, but he slid the puck across to, to Wayne Simmons on the backside, and I don't think Simmons was really ready for it. He had the whole net to, to shoot at, and it was <laughs> – it was. That. It was just like a stellar pass. I mean, it was something that you'd see from a veteran like NHL player, and um, you know Simmons just couldn't handle it. He, he just thought he was shooting too. So, I mean, he does have the ability to make crazy passes, and he popped some goals in the preseason too. So, I think we saw some good things. Yeah, I know he's going to be a special player, no doubt. And you know, our power play is going to be better. Working with guys like Paul Mary and. Taylor Hall, Nico Hischer, and, you know, Simmons sometimes will be a guy in the front of the net creating havoc. And, uh, we also picked up a Russian player named Nikita Gusev, who should be a real good power play guy for us, and he's he's an unbelievable passer. Like, he makes plays similar to Hughes where you don't – he he knows where it's going, but nobody in the building knows where it's going. And he finds a way to get guys – at the back door, through seams, whatever the case may be, he's a special player. Been yeah, one of the best up. players outside the NHL for a long time. And you picked up PK Subban too from the point, and probably see a bunch of power play time this year. Yeah, he's an exciting player, and you know brings us a little more, uh, you know, of a first D pairing guy, and get the big shot from the point on the power play, and he's he's so. Uh, animated out there he's fun to watch he's animated on and off the, the ice. <laughs> that's for sure yeah got the quite the setup going there him and linky bond quite a pair. <laughs> yeah. yeah social media kings yeah paul so you uh you have a long-term relationship going back with uh, ray Sherrill, right i mean uh talk about how you know how he tries to build a team what's his mindset uh when he's building a team obviously you look at the makeup of this year's team and it's you know, it's going to be a gritty team with a lot of uh, a lot of talent on it too. So, can you can you talk about how he how he builds a squad? Yeah, I think you know Ray sets the tone as the leader of our group, and you know, I think he's when he came to New Jersey. That's when I started uh, to work with him. I worked with him a little bit in Ottawa back in the early days, and then he moved on to Nashville. But coming to New Jersey, you know, we, he knew and everybody that he brought in knew that it was going to take time. And the main thing he preached to the ownership was patience. And, you know, you have to, you have to be patient. You have to draft well and you have to, you know, you can't be, you know, knee jerk reaction, signing guys to crazy money just to make a splash. And he, he, Ray thinks everything out and, uh, it's, it's a slow process. And I think that's the way you have to do it when you're rebuilding and, you know, I think he stresses to us anyways as scouts, 
you know, we're looking for obviously talent. Everybody has to have talent to play in the league, but he, he makes it very important to us that we draft players with character, you know, that are going to fit the culture that he's trying to build in New Jersey. And, you know, we feel we we're on the right track now. And right now we got a good mix of young kids and some older veterans. So, you know, Hopefully we'll make another step this year. We had that playoff run a couple of years ago, and that might have been maybe a little early. You know, we had a great year. The goaltender played great, got us in the playoffs, but we took a little step back, and now it's time to take another one forward. No I think doubt. we've got a good enough team to challenge for the playoffs. Yeah, no doubt. We had a we had a Doug McLean. He's is he he's nobody of yours on the, on the show. If you. Uh few episodes ago he said that uh, he absolutely loves you but he said that all the bad picks that they made were all your fault but he took all the shit for him <laughs> oh yeah and he took credit for all the good ones too don't you, don't you? <laughs> you know how it works <laughs> that's how it works the gm they don't see the players with yeah they say they take the shit but they they, <laughs> they, they get all the glory when they turn out too so, you know, to give me a, a good plug on the airways. Uh, <laughs> sad to see him. I don't know if he's come back to do anything, but it sounds like he might be uh, in retirement. I don't know what he said. You guys had him. What do you say when you guys had him on? Taking it uh, easy? He's, he's, yeah, he's, 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 he's golfing he's and hanging, hanging out in PEI, and uh, he's just going to try to uh, get his golf game uh, in a line, he said. Well, he's got a long way to go to get that in line. <laughs> <laughs> He, he definitely, definitely went out of his way, way though to say how much, uh, how much he appreciated all the stuff you did. But uh, and uh, you know, just frankly, that uh, you know, he you meant a lot to him and uh, stuff like that. So he gave a good shout out to you for sure. Yeah, he, Doug, I gotta give a shout out back to him because he gave me a lot of opportunities to grow in this business. And gave me a lot of responsibility in Columbus, and uh, I owe a lot to him and that organization for getting me where I am today. So you kick his ass in golf is what you're saying? Is he a long way to go? I don't. I, I used to, but I I don't play much anymore. But I'd love to challenge him again. Oh, uh, you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, Paul, it'd be interesting I had a, to see. I, I had a question, um, you know, just for you know, scout wise. Um, you know, there's many scouts for one organization with each having their own area that they kind of check out and, um, you know, scout. And each are pretty adamant on a player. Um, and when they, you guys all sit around the table and are talking and deciding, um, are you the one that makes the final decision? Or how does that work? Because I'm sure there's, you know, six to seven or six to ten scouts um, all just adamant on one player that they've scouted personally. How do you narrow that down to, you know, you know, your six picks that you had in the first three rounds? Yeah, well, ultimately Ray would have the final say, but Ray doesn't see everybody, so he's obviously in tune with the first couple picks for sure. Um, then I have another, uh, you know, director of scouting who's with me, Gates Orlando, who played at Providence College at the same time I was at St. Lawrence. Great hockey guy, and him and I are kind of responsible to see everybody, you know, like you said, we have guys in each area that recommend guys and, and 
then Gates and myself will get out there and see these guys as much as we can. And then we do exactly that, sit around the table. And, you know, what we're looking for, obviously, is the guys that are pounding the table for their guys, scouts in an area that are passionate about a player. That's what, you know, ultimately wins out in a vote is, you know, we still get out there and see them. And then, you know, we want guys that are ultimately so passionate about the player that they, you know, they just want them so bad that they convince us that that's the guy we got to get on the list in the right order. And we probably have about 15 guys around the table. So. <laughs> nice. A lot of guys pounding the table. <laughs> yeah. Well, you mean you got, we've got a, you know, a scout in every European country and, you know, the Western Canada, Ontario, Quebec. We got three guys covering the United States leagues and, you know, and then the colleges on top of that. So it's, uh, it's an interesting process, but it, it's, uh, it's a great opportunity for me and I, I really enjoy it. You get it, Paul, do you get up this way anymore up towards the, the Canton area where you went to school at SLU or no? Yeah, my, my wife's actually from that area, so we we have a cottage on Higley so so There you go. We're, we're up nice. there. We're up there all summer. Nice area. Yeah, we spent a bunch of time up there this year actually. Derek and I were up there doing a little boating, hanging out on the beach over there. Had the kids running around. Oh right. yeah. Yeah, Boomer's up there. I see him and Johnny Collins and Yeah. A couple other guys, so it's uh when the weather's great, it's a fun place to be in the summer. That's that's for sure. Yeah, you got in about the summer. in the summer is the key. <laughs> about four weeks. <laughs> yeah, we hope for six. <laughs> We're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a big transformation going on in Appleton. It just came out this week that they're not going to be ready to play there until um, I think Thanksgiving now. Uh, so the big oh, big for that part, right? And they said yeah. they were ahead of schedule. Now they're behind, huh? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. look like they're going to be putting any ice on there anytime soon. The wind's blowing through the place. schedule anyways, and they're doing a lot of renovations. So I'm, I'm not really surprised, but it's going to look beautiful anyways. Yeah, they kind of put their you know foot in their mouth this week as they came out and said that uh, they're going to play their home game against Clarkson at Shield. So they're going to have to play both of their games back-to-back, I think, Friday, Saturday night over in Potsdam, and then they're going to play their – their other game, home games at uh, the SUNY Canton's new arena. It holds about 1,000. I have I have a good story for you guys. I don't know how old you guys would have been when I was there. Yeah. What year? What year are we talking? 85. 85. Okay, so we were, we, were young. we were there. We were running around, you know, eating stuff off the floor in the rink. <laughs> okay, so we, we played Clarkson in the playoffs. And we actually warmed up at Appleton and then got on the bus and went to the game. Oh, really? <laughs> so they That's had no funny. clue what was going on. We never showed up for the warm-up. They were like, what the hell's going on? It's a mind game. That's cool. <laughs> Who, Who was, was the, the coach, coach of that, of that team? team? I, I think, think I heard, I heard that, that story. story. That uh, Mike McShane was still the coach. Oh, okay. Joe, Joe was an assistant. Joe Marsh was an assistant at the time, and Randy Sexton was an assistant. Oh, okay. So you went over to the old Walker Walker Arena, right? And we didn't want to listen to that bell for the whole warm-up. So we had to go <laughs> 10 miles. Just had to put our skates on when we got there. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I that. Well, I think I think we tied the game, but we end up losing the series, though. Ah. Well, we had nothing to lose. That's right. Hey, Paul, it, you've got Halloween coming up. Does anybody ever confuse you with Wayne Gretzky? A lot of times people think of his brother. <laughs> <laughs> I just tell people. You do have a likeness look like to him, man. You look like him. Yeah. You do look like I, him. Look Not a bad <laughs> well, uh, Paul, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you on. We're really excited to uh, hear about New Jersey and actually to to watch New Jersey this year. I think they probably made some of the best moves in, in the offseason to put together a good team for a playoff run. And um, We really appreciate you giving us some time. We know the hockey season is just getting underway and you're really busy. And uh, Thanks for coming on the Blue Line Hockey Club tonight. Yeah, my pleasure, guys. And anytime, feel free to call if I can... Uh help you out or come on i'd be more than happy to do so thank you awesome. very much appreciate it appreciate it very thanks, much Paul. appreciate it good luck this year man we're watching good luck yeah okay thanks guys appreciate it take care take safe care. travels okay see you see you later paul castron guys that was uh you know very cool yeah paul castron guys uh vice president of amateur scouting for the new jersey devils um you know been doing this for a long time i think we went through at the beginning of the the interview, uh, eight seasons with the Sens, 16 with the Columbus Blue Jackets, and now he's with the Blue... Uh, I don't know how many seasons he's been with the Devils, but a few now. So, I mean, 20-plus years, you know, 25 years doing the scouting thing. So he's worked his way up to VP. Obviously, he's talking about traveling all over internationally, all over the world now, looking at players. Where We had a you know, regional scout on last week for the Penguins. So... And he's got up to the position where it sounds like he's making a, he's calling more shots on what players are coming to the organizations and what players aren't. So it's pretty cool to get these guys on, talk a little bit about the behind the scenes of the New Jersey Devils. And like we just said, I mean, they've made some good moves in the offseason, and I think they're going to be pretty good this year. Yeah, I mean, so with Paul Mary and Hersher and Sajak and Severson, so Paul Mary had 50 points last year. With the, the moves that they made, I'm excited, you know, for the season, but I'm hoping to see that those points start to climb. And I think that they have the, you know, the atmosphere, the, the players in the locker room this year that I'm hoping to see that I don't know what they're going to get. You know, 50 seems low to me. I won't make any projections on that, but I'm hoping to see that they're, you know, their leading points are closer to the 80s. Right. I mean, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They'll be up there for sure. I mean, they'll be the top of the um, their league or conference for sure. I mean, with that, with their roster on paper, I mean, how can they not? But again, we've seen that before with Pittsburgh and Edmonton and a few other teams. But I mean, I think what Jack Hughes is going to bring to the table, PK, um, and what the Devils have, it's going to be top notch. I did want to ask him, you know, what what was the final decision of why they picked Hughes over um, Capo, but uh, um, I didn't really want to get into that. I know I know um, Capo didn't go to the uh, um, NHL Combine in Buffalo this year. Um, he won the uh, World Juniors, as Paul said, so he was partying. He had a, a legitimate excuse not to um, uh, be at the Combine, um, but I, I'm just – you know, I'm just, you know, excited to watch this season and see how the two players, you know, develop and how they play in the NHL. 
Because, you know, right now, I don't know. I'm 50-50. I don't know. That's how good these two guys are. And uh, yeah. I'm pretty interested to see um, if if Hughes is the number one pick. Because it could it could have been Capo. Like he said, he's a he's a big boy. He's a man. And um, I, I think he's going to do big things for the Rangers. Yeah, I mean, I think if you read between the lines a little bit, I think what I was grasping from him was that, you know, uh, Capo, he's he's kind of uh, a little bit more refined and uh, mature and grown ass man type player right now. But I think when you look at Jack, I think what they're looking at is maybe more upside. They see maybe a little bit more upside as he develops, as he gets some strength, as he builds a little bit more muscle. Goes through puberty. Um, yeah, it goes through puberty, gets some armpit hair, you know, things like that. But it's, uh, it, it, I think once they, I think once you get that guy into an off-season program too, I mean, I think he's going to be a star right off the bat, honestly. I think he's probably going to produce quite a bit this year, frankly. I think both of them will. Um, but I think if you kind of read between the lines, at least my take, I thought it was kind of kind of making it sound like they felt like um, Hughes has a little bit more upside, you know, and he's a little bit more of a finesse-type player where uh, – Capo is more of like a, a power forward type player. So um, I think it just probably fits their program a bit more than uh, they felt that Capo would. So I think it's a crapshoot in the end, though, because like he said, they're both going to be stars. Yeah, yeah I was a, a little surprised. Well, I wasn't surprised after I saw the preseason games that he produced and had a, a great preseason, you know, to, to him, have him make that, uh, you know, NHL lineup. That is huge. I was expecting to watch him in Binghamton and see how that goes um, because he's so small. I just wasn't sure. But, you know, like Paul said, he's hard to hit. He's fast. He's shifty. And damn, that kid's got hands. Oh, my yeah. God. His hockey sense. I mean, it's just people. Some people are born with that kind of stuff and some people have to work their ass off for it. And that kid's got it. A lot of my family members kind of said they resembles me when I was growing up playing hockey. So yes. I, I've heard I've heard the comparison actually. I see so. myself. Yes, I was going to say that. I think he has a doppelganger or whatever it's called too. Yeah, that too. Yeah, um, I was just going to touch on that real quick. Is seeing that um, Paul is actually in Michigan and being the VP of scouting, I'm sure he saw Jack play a lot of games. Um, being the, the development programs right there, um, being a, a United States kid, possibly the next Austin Matthews coming into the league. I mean, that's got to hold some weight for these guys that are scouting, right? If you're the head scout in Michigan and you're the head scout of the team, you've, you've probably seen this guy play a lot more than Capo had. I don't know if that's the case, but Jack had a lot of hype. You know, I mean, he was on every show leading up to the draft. He was all over the place as far as the media went. He definitely had the most uh, PR in the, going on in the in the draft for sure. Yeah, and and you know being a scout out in Michigan, especially in uh, Ann Arbor, um, is the mecca of being. You know that's where you, the mecca of being a, a a hockey player because or a scout because you have the national team development program, you have University of Michigan, you have Michigan State. Um, you have the uh, Plymouth Whalers of the OHL. So every OHL team's coming through uh, Plymouth, which is just northeast of uh, Ann Arbor. So, I mean, you can, you know, technically watch the OHL, the NCAA, and then you've got the USHL with the uh, development program. So um, being out in Ann Arbor or being in Michigan, I mean, Paul 
or any scout out there um, can watch numerous um, leagues and scout numerous leagues. So it's huge to be out there in Ann Arbor, especially with Plymouth there too. That's huge. Plymouth, Plymouth is the only Plymouth Whalers is the only United States team that plays in the OHL. So that helps. That's good to see a couple OHL teams come down there. It's a good little tidbit. I didn't know that actually, Patrick, about Plymouth being the only team yeah. in the only American team. Yeah, I mean, but he, uh, you know, he's obviously just, you know, he is based in Michigan, like you said, but, you know, obviously since he's at VP level, I mean, he's overseeing everything. So I'm sure he had plenty of intel on, on Capo as well. But I think at the end of the day, it's going to be a coin flip. And I think they're both, you know, you're not going to, I don't think one's going to highly outperform the other. I think they're going to both be uh, bigly, as Rob bigly. likes to say. Yeah, I think there's some pressure to take huge. I think it's some little bit of pressure there to take Hughes as a number one pick. I mean, all the people that are involved in USA hockey want that number one pick to say, hey, the United States got the number one pick again. You know, it's not very often that we get an American as a number one. So, you know, that was probably some – I don't think they get pressured, but I'm sure there was a lot of people pulling for that to happen. I know yeah. we all certainly appreciate that. but. And there's been a lot lately from the development program. You got Jack Eichel. Austin yep. Matthews, Jack Hughes, um, then top 10, there's a bunch of them. I mean, a lot of these kids in the uh, NHL right now that I watch, I mean, McAvoy, we had him on a two two podcasts ago. He was out the development program. Um, Greenway was out development program, had him on. Clayton Keller was at the program, had him on. Brady Kachuk was at the program, had him on. He actually got a goal tonight, um, tonight's, you know, first game. Um, Battle of Ontario, um, Toronto versus Ottawa. Brady scores 30 seconds into um, the game. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, the development program is doing great, putting up high draft picks. And like Mark said, uh, um, kind of like we've been taking over the last five years, I would say, easily. Yeah, I don't know if you guys remember um, when we had uh, – what's his name from uh, the, the USA Hockey was on a long time ago. He was a numbers Gavin guy. Um, not Gavin Reagan, Roush, Kenny Roush. Oh, Kenny Roush, yeah, yeah. And, you know, he went through the numbers on where the, where the United States was going as far as producing NHL players. And we're increasing at a higher rate than any other country right now as far as developing guys to, that make the NHL roster. And the Canadians used to be way ahead of everybody else. And that, that gap has shrunk over the last 10 years. And the United States is the one that's picking that up. So – you know, Canada used to be the top dog. They still are as far as numbers in the league. But the United States are, are right there. So it's good to see that, you know, the, a lot of people, we've talked about it, the US, USA hockey program and how they do things, they don't like it, you know, at the minor levels. But it's obviously working. Yeah. Well, I mean, the change at the minor levels is, is probably one of the more difficult ones to turn off or to turn on. You know, the, the cross-ice stuff I thought was right on. You know, there was some more administrative stuff that I think everybody kind of bitches and moans about. Having to go sit through the coaching classes, um, you know, uh, I could go either way on that. But um, yeah. the cross-ice stuff I think definitely makes sense. You have a lot more busier hockey play going on in a smaller environment which makes you think faster. It makes you move the puck faster. It makes you play the game at a faster rate. So 
when you get to the full ice and things slow down a little bit, your brain is still used to thinking on that faster pace. Um, and I, I, I think it's bearing fruit, right? Yeah. And, and just to correct myself on what I was talking earlier, there is uh, three um, American teams in the OHL. There's Saginaw, two and Flint, um, which is right out there in uh, uh, near Ann Arbor. So um, what I was just uh, uh, touching on earlier about being the Mecca of uh, a scout out in, you know, Plymouth, Ann Arbor area, there is even more uh, with uh, Saginaw and Flint. So um, great place to and, be out there. And Erie. Erie, yeah, I forgot about Erie. Yep. And, basically, you know, basically, you didn't know what the fuck you're talking about. Give us ten uh, minutes. We'll be ten more teams. <laughs> well, there's not too many. I mean, they, they've been getting into the league, so. I no, but that also everything. that also shows if they're letting American teams in that league that the United States hockey is on the same level. So yeah, that's it, true. It's it's good to see. I mean, Rob, on this point of the USA hockey thing, we have you have the USA hockey teaching coaches what they want them to how they want them to coach right so a lot of people that coach minor hockey either thought they were really good at hockey or maybe they were really good at hockey right so they go back to the way that they were coached and stuff like that and when you get into other sports like your minor soccer lacrosse baseball i mean they're just going out there and winging it right there's no mess yeah they they don't have structure like usa hockey saying all right here's a whole booklet of drills. Here's like, you know, an online module where you can go and do your practices. Like they're trying to give coaches the tools to actually coach the way that college teams are coaching. Now college teams are coaching with uh, small games. You know, they're, it's not just the minor, minor hockey that's going to small games in small areas and their practice and stuff. So, I mean, this, this could be, we can talk about this all night as far as debating um, the USA hockey. It's a very controversial thing, but. How about how about we uh, give a little shout out to Branded Bills and Sauce Toss, uh, little sponsors for our hockey news tonight. Tonight's episode is brought to you by SauceToss.com, the premier saucer pass hockey game. Sauce Toss is the newest in tailgating and a twist to a favorite and skillful offense. It's beanbag toss for hockey players and scores just like bags. Play with two or four or by yourself to hone your passing skills. Take the saucer pass off the ice and into a backyard near you. They offer three basic games, Sauce Toss Elite, Sauce Toss Pro, and a ramp hockey game called Sauce Toss Kit. The first two are true games mimicking cornhole for hockey players. For more information, go to SauceToss.com, a hockey lifestyle game. Toss Sauce anywhere, anytime. Um, we have the opening night of the NHL. Boys have been waiting for this for, for it seems like a long Finally. time. <laughs> In reality, it went by pretty quick, so... We do have yeah. hockey on TV right now. The uh, the uh, I had the Maple Leafs and Senators game on. It was five two Leafs, and uh, I don't know what ended up. I think it's over. That was a, a good game. I'm not going to. Well, I guess I'll pump my tires. Yes, I did call Austin Matthews picking up two goals tonight, and he did. You did say that, and he did. Oh, told me. I, I put it on. It's on the interwebs. Check out one of our accounts. I forget which one it was, but it's out there. He might. Austin Matthews now might be the leading uh, point or goal scorer on opening night. Um, they had a little four thing years on. in a row. He's got eight goals. Wow, pretty good. So two, two, yeah, two goals a, a, a opening game each season. That's that's pretty fucking good. Pretty good. 
yeah, so it's finally here. It's exciting. Uh, a lot of trades went on, a lot of uh, exciting things that we've been talking about all summer. And now it's finally coming down to um, see all this come together and see what happens. Um, preseason was pretty fun. Um, nothing crazy. I know the Hurricanes went 5-0 and preseason, pretty big down here for me and Peters. Um, been going to the Hurricanes game, tailgating. Had a great time. Um, got some bop box seats no big deal um, box <laughs> seats somehow i got the cooler open um just a little uh extra yank in the box seats there and it comes right open <laughs> that's how you get the free beer huh i get the free beer red wings did pretty well too in uh preseason seven one seven uh seven to one so um it was pretty big. Uh, just uh, touch on the Central Division, just because that's the one I focus on. Stars um, had the best record out there. Blues, Jets, Preds, and Avalanche. Um, but that that you know, a lot of people have been talking about that division this year. That's going to be the toughest one to play against. Um, it's going to be the toughest division to uh, make your way out of into the Stanley Cup uh, playoffs. Um, so. It's wow. going to be excited. I don't think, I don't think, uh, I don't know how it's going to pan out there. I know the Jets, uh, they did pretty well last year. I don't think they're going to do too well uh, with Buffalo on sabbatical or whatever you want to call it. Um, Trubo went to New York Rangers. Um, just a lot of uncertainties there. So I don't know what's going to happen out there with the Jets. Um, the Wild, who knows? A lot of crazy stuff there. Just what Fenton did. Um, it can only go up. Um, we'll see what happens. I think the Stars are going to be the top dogs out there. Blues, obviously. But, you know, it's tough for the Blues to win again. You know, they, they had to play 26 playoff games last year. I mean, that's, that's a lot of, you know, ta- it's just taxing on every player from the goalie to the fourth line. So to have a repeat. Um, deep into the playoffs is pretty tough. I, I know Pittsburgh has done it a few times, but uh, it's tough to do. Um, Predators, I think they're going to do pretty good out there. Uh, traded PK to free up some cap space for Matt Duchesne. So I think that's going to be – the Predators might be on top there with the Stars. Um, you know, the Stars got Pavelski, Corey Perry. Um, last year, I, I know when we were, you know, getting towards the end of the playoffs – they just couldn't score at all. Their top line with Seagan and Bean couldn't put the puck in the net. So it looks like uh, the GM there, um, he's kind of taking his priority to offense, you know, picking up Pavelski and Perry. So um, we'll see in the central, but uh, Blackhawks, I don't think are going to do anything. Um, Avalanche, that might be a, a team that can come around and do something with those young players. Uh, Ratnan re-signed with Avalanche, um, Kale McCarr. So it's going to be fun. Good central division. Um, toughest, toughest division in the NHL by far. Yeah. I don't know. I think Pat, you're, you have the Atlantic, right? So, um, I think, central. I'm sorry, central, but I think the Atlantic, I think, so I think a lot of people have like Atlantic being one of the really good divisions, don't they? Yeah. I mean, some good teams out there too. Yeah. But I, I, a lot of people have been talking about the central. That's just, the uh the caliber of teams 
caliber of players and teams. Without the highest, uh, the teams with the highest points were what Tampa and Calgary. Yeah, Tampa's the favorite this year again to win the cup. Well, listen, after a first round knockout, they've got a lot to prove, and they better be playing with a chip on their shoulder. And they better not lose first round, or it's gonna roll. After letting Stevie I go, uh, Stevie Y go, excuse me, and then um, they, they might be rolling into to something else. After I don't that. think I don't think they let Stevie Y go. I think he walked. <clears throat> he probably walked on his own, but I think they had a. I mean, from look, I, I don't know. I wasn't there, but it's my understanding. We were. Came, we were. It came down to a. <laughs> He was in the vending machine again. It came down to, you know, basically a, a vision for the team. And Stevie Y said, well, I, it's time for me to leave. So, uh, But, I mean, uh, Metropolitan Division, I think he too has that division. Uh, and we just had Paul uh, Castron on. I mean, Devils. I, I'm excited to watch the Rangers, man. Uh, I think they're going to be pretty well, pretty, uh, pretty good this year. I agree. I think, I think, you know, Carolina's got that like disadvantage of not being able to surprise anybody this year, right? Because of the, how they turned out last year. So it, it, that's going to be a really competitive division. And I don't think a lot of people are giving the Rangers, you know, a big chance to be up there, like a, be a playoff team coming out of that uh, division. But I, I agree with you, Pat. I think they could surprise some people. They got a really good young squad and obviously uh, a hell of a coach with Quinter. Um, so I don't know. Can you call him Quinter? We could, well, I, I heard well, that you can, can call him. Like, yeah, well, yeah, you can call him. So I, I thought, he you can. know, secondhand, I could call him Quinter. So I, I texted him like a week ago and said, Quinter, need tickets to the game. He said, okay. And so he didn't mind me saying Quinter. No. And he was like, all right, uh, talk to you soon, Quinter. No, he just said, are they flew for all the guys in the, the Blue Line Club? I said, yeah. And he said, all right, man. Yep. He'll be at the box office. Guys, serious question. Do you think Ovechkin can pass Wayne Gretzky's? Uh, was it which point is or which record is it points or goals? He's like within 250 uh, goals of the record. Let's, let me ask the IT guy. Look that is up. Hey Rob, points? can you look up and see uh, if um, Wayne Gretzky? No, I don't know, Rob. I mean, it would be. I don't know the numbers, but the way Ovechkin plays and throws his body around, I don't think, I don't think <clears throat> that's a good topic or a good question. Um, I don't think Ovechkin has too many years left. You guys, I'm saying three max. Yeah. I mean, I kind of agree with you. I mean, I think, I don't know if, you know, I think he's still got, he's still private. In my opinion, I know uh, most people think Crosby's probably the best player in the league, but I think Ovechkin kind of is the best all around player in the league, in my opinion. Um, but you know, tougher than Crosby. Yeah. He's got a lot left in the tank, but I don't know if, um, I think he's smart enough of a player too to, you know, he'll probably play a couple, two, three more years and then he's probably going to, he'll just bag it like, you know, before he breaks himself down too much, probably. Just meet up with Kunetsov and just get a free kilo. <laughs> that's where he got it from. What do you mean? Oh, that's where he got, he got it from Ovechkin. He got it from Ovi. <laughs> I saw a picture. There was a picture of Ovi. It must have been over in Russia or something. Looked like with his with his grandmother or something. I saw that on on social media recently. So that was, oh, that was a Russian hooker. Yeah, oh, okay. He he must like the old yeah. one. He must they be into like the there. skin. Yeah, mature porn. <laughs> yeah, mature. <laughs> mature ladies 
I was going to say, uh, you know, when Paul brought up the, the, the story when they practiced at uh, St. Lawrence before the Clarkson game and then got on the bus, you know, those are cool head games. I love fucking with uh, other teams like that. One time at Salisbury. Oh, that yeah, before you say this, Rob, I was like, someone told me a story of like you didn't show up and then finally you did. That was your football team, right? Or some shit. What happened was um, we we were going to play. It was a football game, so it was football season. And we were going to play Berkshire, which is like maybe 10 minutes away. It's the, you know, our closest, nearest private school. It's a big rivalry. And what they did was the coach was like, hey, you, you know, let's let's do something different here. And what we did was we got off the bus outside of the the campus. And instead of taking the bus all the way up, going to the locker room and getting changed and all that shit, what we did was we walked in line. We were in formation, full fucking gear, painted up, ready to go. And we were just, (laughs) we were silent with the exception. We were going boom, 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 boom. So as you could hear it, we're getting closer to the field and it's getting fucking louder. and People are starting to fucking crank up. So they're on the field practicing. Like, where is this team? And then before you could see us, all you could hear is, you know, I forget how many people. Were probably boom, boom, shoot. 50, 50 people walking up with their pads going boom, boom. And we came in. We came in and it was just electrifying we kicked up we kicked the ball off they they won the flip they kicked the, we kicked the ball off to them and no shit they ran a touchdown back on us that's right? 38 to nothing so <laughs> they were going crazy right they were like oh these guys thought they were good well we came back and scored another eight uh, i'm i think it was seven touchdowns on them or something crazy like that but beat the snot out of them and, you know, that is a memory that, you know, I'll never forget. It was something, you know, just outside of the box that was completely, you know, it, it I'll never forget it. You, you didn't come off the field, did you, Rob? Your offense and defense, right? Offense, defense, special teams. <laughs> special teams. Punter. Right? Hands team. Punter boy. You, you name it. Yeah. A lot nice. of fun, though. I think those, I, I love to hear those stories. Yeah, because you know, you're just playing a head game. It's like Doug Smitty there, uh, the goon, you know, yeah. get, getting ready in warm-ups and going up to the fighter and saying, hey, where's your heavyweight? <laughs> yeah, right. Is your, yeah. is your heavyweight here today or what? It's great. I love to hear those stories. Uh, so the Maple Leafs finally got a captain. I think we talked about a few uh, podcasts ago, like six years, eight years. Johnny uh, T. Yeah. 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 I just want to touch on that, that conference a little bit. Um, you know, I I did see that tonight. I was a little behind in the news. I was kind of shocked when I saw the C in his Jersey because it's been talked about so much and I don't know if they have any A's like, it's not like Austin Matthews is wearing an A. So I didn't really see, but that was big for Toronto. They haven't named a captain in a while. Austin Matthews had his issues, um, off ice. So I probably played a little role in who got the captain, but I don't know, man. It just showed immaturity, right? So you're gonna not that it not that he's not ready for it, but when it comes out in the media and it's all over like that, what's the administration 
going to do, do as far as... Do you really think they waited the last minute to say John Tavares is going to be the captain? Or do you think they knew the, the answer to that? I don't know, man. I don't I know. Mean, I, this is another one that I called back with uh, Colton Sox. Debatable. Yeah. I said that I think it's going to be Tavares. Yeah, you did. You called it. The, and, the only reason, you know, I think they did that, Rob, is just because what's he got? Three years left in the tank, four, and he's gonna be there for the, you know, he's gonna hang him up in Toronto. So, and and Matthews is just gonna get it, you know. I, Matthews isn't going anywhere. I mean, yeah. he Matthews is gonna his his jersey's gonna be retired in Toronto for sure. So it's not like he's not gonna get to cap, be a captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs ever. Um, he just has to wait in line. Um, I, I I disagree with Mark. I don't think. I don't think to him pulling his pants down um, had anything to do with it. I, I just think, I think it was Johnny T had it. Uh, he deserves it. They had Babcock on a, a couple of interviews and he's just messing with people. Like everyone, you know, everybody wants to know the answer. Are you going to name a captain this year? And Babcock was like, I don't know, maybe. Uh, he was like, well, maybe. And he goes, well, I know the answer to that. The answer is yes. And the guy was like, well, tell us who. And he's like, Oh, <laughs> I'm not going to. So not only players hate him, so does the media. I just think it's stupid that they do that. I don't. I don't even know what are they trying to think like they're better than any uh, every other NHL team, and you have to like join this secret society to be the captain. Just fucking every <laughs> every team needs a captain to talk to the refs over there by the fucking penalty boxes. I, I don't know. I don't know what they're what. what what's the whole reasoning behind it? What is the reasoning behind it? They haven't had a captain or assistant captain in like four years. That's the dumbest thing ever said. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think to be on the other side of the devil's advocate side of the thing, um, you know, you look at like teams like in the NFL, right? So you, they, what they do a lot of times is they kind of roll out a different group of captains for every game. You know what I mean? So um, maybe it's like a situation where, you know, you're not trying to put some player up on a, you know, the pinnacle where everybody's kind of looking up to him. It's where you kind of jostle it every game going in. You, you name, you know, two or three different guys. They're the captains. They're going to be who talks to the refs that game. So, I don't know. You never know. I don't. I. I. I it can come down to a chemistry thing. Wanting to, you know, not have a, uh, not putting anybody up on a pedestal and giving them the yeah, C that I everybody's there. You know? So who knows? I mean, I don't. I have no. I have frankly I have no fucking clue what what goes into it. I mean maybe Toronto does think they're better than everybody, but obviously their statistics over the last few years prove they're not. So I mean they're nothing. Yeah. So just to touch on the same thing is happening in Detroit and they've decided not to do a captain this year. They're gonna do with four they're going with four A's again like they did last year. So they're in you know they're in the same yeah. boat. But just to interrupt you Mark, I mean they have A's though. I mean Toronto doesn't have yeah. anything. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to get into the, to that conference a little bit uh, and also just touch on the Metro. Um, the, the Atlantic, I feel, has like really good teams and then has some has a bunch of average teams and some sleepers. Right. So you're going to have Toronto, Boston and Tampa Bay, the top of that conference. Then what's going to happen with Florida? You know, there's a lot of talk. Florida is going to be good this year. Are they going to be able to produce, um, you know, Buffalo? Yeah, I don't know. I think Ottawa and Detroit are going to struggle all year, and the Habs are going to be a little bit in the mix. I, I, I just feel like that division is is going to be locked up by those top three teams by the end of the year. And I almost we, forgot that 
Montreal. I forgot Montreal is a team. <laughs> and, it, and then with, with uh, Derek's division in the Metro, I think that team is the biggest wild card right now of what's going to happen. You know, because you have a team like Carolina, they can they can win games, right? Um, Columbus lost a bunch of players. What's going to happen with them? The Islanders were a sleeper last year. You have Pittsburgh and Washington probably going to do well. But then you have, you have the, the Flyers, the Rangers, the Devils, the Blue Jackets. I mean, those are all up-in-the-air teams. Are any of them going to be sleepers? So in, in that division, with New Jersey making a lot of moves and, and you know, with talking to Paul tonight, I think they have a good shot of being in the top three teams in that division at the end of the year just because there's so many besides the, the Caps and even the Penguins. Penguins, we don't know what's going to happen with them either. You know, so – I think that New Jersey has a good chance being in a division like that that doesn't have these powerhouses like um, Tampa, Toronto, Boston. Uh, you know, so I think it's wide open in the Metro. And, you know, I don't – I don't in, in the, the other division, I don't see Detroit doing big things. No. I don't see Ottawa doing big things. No. And, you know, frankly, Florida's just a crapshoot. New coach, new goalie. They brought in a couple of good players. Um but that team's got to prove themselves. Maybe they're the, the Islanders or they're the, the the Hurricanes of this season. We don't know. That's a possibility. That's very – I definitely – I think the Metro definitely has a ton of parity. There's no doubt about it. You know, But I think league-wide there's a lot of parity. But, um, I, I, you know, look at Philadelphia even too. Elaine Vigneault taking over that team. Kevin Hayes signing a big contract over there. You know, that's a team – you know, Kerry Hart as a, as a goaltender there. He, You know, some people are picking him as maybe the best goaltender in the league now. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, there's parity across the league. I think if you look even down to Petey's, uh, P- Peter's division out there in the Pacific, I mean, Rob, you can go ahead and talk about this, some of this stuff, but I think Vegas is going to be a hell of a squad, man. They're loaded. You know I mean? That, that team is, you know, on paper. first of all, Mark, they're on paper. They're loaded. Mark Andre Fleury's great, great defensive core there, but Pete, go ahead and talk about the Pacific a little bit if you want to. I mean, I think Vegas is going to come out of that, out of that, uh, out of that yeah. division there. I, I agree. I, I think, you know, on, on a, as far as a volume, the, the Pacific has Calgary, their leading points uh, was Gaudreau had 99. They're going to be good this year. McDavid was 116. Drysaddle had 105. Um, and then when you go over to uh, the Sharks had a ton of people that were, you know, contributing. And then you have Vegas. So that's four, you know, four very, very good teams. Now Edmonton, they had, uh, McDavid had 116 points, but, you know, we saw how well that helped out in the playoffs, right? They didn't make it. Edmonton, so, McDavid. Yeah. I, I think the Flames are going to be the team to come out of there again this year. Um, just signing Kachuk. Strapped uh, up, yep. Uh, they got the goalies out there. They switched the goalies up out there. I forget who they picked up. Picked up the goal Cam Talbot from uh, Edmonton, I think. I, I think they like swap players. They got Milan Lucci, right? Where'd he go? He went one way or the other. Edmonton, to Calgary. Edmonton to Calgary. Cam Talbot went from Edmonton to Calgary too. Um, so I, I like Calgary. I think they're going to be good. I've always liked Calgary. Um, Saddle Dome. Um, Great, great hockey fan, great hockey uh, presence out there. I, I think they're going to pull. I don't think San Jose is going to do shit this year, to be honest with you. Arizona? Yeah, Arizona. Uh, I didn't question mention mark. Arizona. That's a question mark. Yep. Last yep. year, Keller 
was their leading point getter with 47. And they brought in, uh, you know, Kessel, obviously, which was uh, 80, I think, 82 points. So, you know, the last year they had 47 with Keller. They brought in a 82-point getter. So, you know, we'll see how that turns out. You know, they still we have to, to Keller on. find that chemistry and stuff. But. So, I think I'm kind of going against Pat right here. I think San Jose probably will be a decent team um, in that division just compared to some of the other teams like Edmonton and, um, you know, some of these other teams that have struggled. San Jose had a great season last year. I can't see them falling off too much. They didn't lose that much. Um, and we also had the, the Evander Kane thing happen this week where he went ballistic with the refs and he got suspended for a couple of games. I got to tell you, you know, as a player, I'm on, I'm typically, I would for a player, you know, the player's point of view anyways, but it, I, having seen that, you know, what the fuck is a ref doing anyways? He, he like, followed him and was trying to get – dude, get your ass on the boards and, and run from blue line to blue line. I your, agree with your you. Your job is not to step in front of a fight if two guys want to roll. Especially it looked, it it looked, it, yeah, it looked like, too, like they were starting to separate at that point, and then the fucking ref just, like, tackled – Tackles him to the ground, you know. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? He looked like he was going. He looked like he was going to get back into play. He didn't look yeah. like he was going to chase him down. The yeah. ref went and got in his way and like tackled him. So yeah, yeah he's lucky he didn't get popped. Yeah. <laughs> we just talked about this last week with the 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 potential of the female refs coming into the league, right? So, right. and we probably we talked about this situation almost exactly, right, where a guy is getting fired up and like basically push the ref, right? So if that was a female ref, what what would that suspension look like? Um, yeah. yeah. Just to, just putting that in there because we talked about it last week. Well, hopefully she'd be smart enough not to. Yeah, you know, she'd be smart enough to, not even to antagonize it. And, <laughs> Tangle. Yeah. Maybe we'd have a lot more fights if we had female referees. They'd let shit go. <laughs> I, I, I just like that drama between uh, Kane and Ryan Reeves this year. That's going to be good. Two heavyweights. Um, yeah, I think he's suspended for their game, though. I think they play him tonight. I think Is he? got to check the uh, the scoreboard, but it might be tonight that they're playing. But anyways, I, yeah, it's San Jose and, uh, at 1030 tonight, Eastern. They're playing tonight, so he'll be suspended for that game. And that's been uh, that's been talked about. Uh, Reeves had said that he's Kane's worst nightmare. In a, some, yeah, they've been hyping that game up. Now he's suspended over bullshit. Yeah. And then the other news that we didn't touch on, you guys were actually at the game, was Tom Wilson going fucking bananas on yeah. uh, Carolina. On the bench. He, he went over to the bench and tried you know, to fight was, was talking shit on the bench. And then he tried to blame it on Brindamore. You know, when you look, Brindamore couldn't have said too much. Maybe he said something to him. Maybe he didn't. But when you look at it, he didn't have a whole lot of time to say much. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he was pull your, pull your head out of your ass or something. I mean, come on, dude. Yeah, he's a he's a fiery dude, man. He's he's gonna be interesting to watch. I mean, we can make a call right now if you guys want to. Uh, how many games Tom Wilson will be suspended this year? <laughs> he's been over under. You better be careful about what he does. Though. I mean, because he's already on thin ice in the NHL, so yeah. I think you gonna have to be a little bit careful about what he does. Yeah, he just had the Raiders player get suspended for a whole year because he had uh, reoccurring whatever penalty. He's a dirtbag. Dirt Holy moly. 
he's done Vontez, Bur- Vontez perfect. You see that hit though? I mean, he's he, he's been suspended like 15 times. Just, oh really? Fine, like hundreds of thousands of dollars already over his career, but getting off on a side <laughs> note, but the guy, I mean, that hit he just got suspended for the whole year. I mean, he was the tight end for the Colts, like caught the ball on his knees, and he was like getting ready to get up and fucking perfect just basically turned himself into like a human fucking spear. <laughs> And just smash. I mean, just smashed his friggin' head. Like you watch it in slow motion, you're just like, "What are you doing to that guy?" But I don't yeah, know. There's, there's no head to head. Yeah. And, you know, to be leading with your head like that is. Well, I mean, it was like so blatant. It was unreal. And as he's running up the field, he's like blowing kisses to the fans and stuff. So it's not oh like he was like, not like he was that. like remorseful about it. I mean, it was like he's happy. I tried to kill somebody, basically. So. And I got to want to touch on one thing about your central division before you go. I disagree with you on something. I think I think the Blackhawks are going to be a good team coming out of that division. Honestly, they're actually yeah. if I'm gonna if I'm gonna make a like a kind of off the wall prediction, I think the Blackhawks are going to surprise a lot of people and make a playoff run. I think DeBrincat, Alex DeBrincat, I think he's going to end up leading the league in goals this year too. I'll, you I'll get a boner that. over him. Yeah, I know. But they're, they they have a good team, man. DeBrincat, Patrick Kane, Nylander. I mean, they got uh, toes. Uh, toes. Uh, the, uh, toes. Yeah. But anyways, uh, they, I mean, they got a pretty good squad there, man. I don't think they're anything to be looked over for sure. Two but. good goalies. They got the goalie from Crawford, the Islanders. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Too. Yep. Uh, just yeah. on a side note, did you guys watch that baseball game last night and see uh, – the Brewers I missed, I missed the good part. Went to well, bed. I did too. I shut it off at the bottom of the eighth, and I guess all the action happened in the ninth. Um, had a shot out to the right field and the the rookie right left field, um, right, right field. field, right fielder missed the ball and it went right underneath him. And uh, three runs. Um, Nationals beat the Brewers. Unreal. He, he ran up on the side of it and kind of. You know, scoop it up with his glove, and it just. Who did that on first base? Wasn't it? Uh, who was that famous to play? Bill Buckner, no. Billy Buckner. Yeah. Billy Buckner. Red Sox. Yeah. So oh, yeah. they were saying the guy, that that right fielder, he was a rookie there. Um, they're saying that he's definitely in a cave somewhere up in the mountains. Everyone <laughs> is, wants to kill. Him. Is that like one of those? That, that's like the one and done playoff series, right? Whoever won that game goes yeah. into. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Tonight, tonight, Tampa Bay's playing uh, Oakland. I don't know what the score of that is right now, but I, Lance Casey had something on Facebook. Uh, he's been an Expo fan since he was a kid, and he's been waiting 40 years for the team to win a playoff get, uh, series. I guess you could call it a series. Only it's one game, but I didn't realize they hadn't won a fucking series in that many years. So I think good, it's over, good. It's over 40 years. Yeah, I mean it's uh... Tampa. No, no, for people that for people that don't know out there, the you know the Washington Nationals used to be the Montreal Expos. So um, people that are you know fans of the Montreal Expos have you know continued to carry it on to the Nationals, but they haven't had a lot of success. So I'm sure their fan base is pretty pumped. I, I actually been to a couple of games down there in uh, Washington, and the stadium was fucking empty. They don't have a big fan base there. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, sucks for them last night. That was awful. Couldn't believe that they were. Uh, winning going into the it might have been the bottom of the ninth and they fucking lose it. Yeah, I couldn't believe they won, man. I went to bed. I'm like, oh, this game's over. Fucking wake up. They lost. Or they I, a lot of people want some big money on that. You know, obviously the uh, uh, Milwaukee was uh, um, actually, no, I think 
Milwaukee was supposed to win, so uh, a lot of people were happy going into that. But uh, a lot of people were pissed because if they had money on the Nationals, they were uh, going to the bottom of the ninth. They were excited they were going to win some big bucks there. Um, Pete, what's the score of the Tampa game? So just uh, to mention Montreal, Derek just mentioned the, the Expos. The, the Tampa Bay Rays have actually got approval from the league to play home games in Montreal. I don't know if that starts next year or the after or whatever, but they do have approval to start playing up there. So we wow. might see some baseball back in Montreal. Or That'd be cool. That was cool. I remember going to a couple of games when I was a kid up there. I think you used to take was, a bus. Then they used to have like yeah. a bus that would go up there or some shit. I was real young, but I remember. Yeah, I've been to several games in Montreal. They're they're fun games to watch. Moises Alou. Yep. <laughs> Gary Carter. Gary what Carter. Got, yep. What do you got for a score of that wild card game, Pete? Uh, it's five one right now. Uh, Tampa over Oakland. Wow. Yeah. Yep. So uh, the Rays. So Tampa is. You know, we'll stay on the baseball train here for a minute, but. For you know, Tampa is one of the lowest. Uh, attendance, not attendance, but um, lowest paying uh, team. They don't have a whole lot of money, and they use the shit out of their minor leagues. And they're, you know, they, they do well for not having a huge budget. Yeah, I think we talked about that, like with teams like you know Winnipeg in the NHL. You know, you gotta you gotta depend on a good farm system, good scouting, stuff like that to build good quality teams. I'll tell you, Tampa Bay, the one team that doesn't want to see Tampa Bay is is the Yankees. I mean, Jesus Christ, the Yankees always have so much freaking problem playing the Rays for some reason. I have no idea why. But um, So as a Yankees fan, I'll, I'll root against Tampa. Yeah. yeah, They're going to have the Indians, I think, starting tomorrow or the fourth. I don't, know. I, I don't think there's anything better watching the Yankees versus the Indians. I mean, I think it just goes back to the, um, the movie of the uh, – Major League. Major League. The Yankees. I, I mean, just watching those team, those two teams play in uh, uh, postseason is fucking awesome, especially with Buck commentating it. It's fucking classic. It is a good time, man. I look forward to watching that stuff. It's fun watching yeah. baseball this time of year. Best time of year to watch baseball. I mean, I've watched uh, probably the last month the Yankees. I probably didn't watch any of the games leading up to September. Uh, you know, I, I always get in it into it at the end of the year and the playoffs are awesome i mean like their wild card game one game one and done yeah. you know so it's pretty intense it's, it's uh you know because baseball is so slow to watch but at least in the playoffs every hit every run it's every like, pitch matters so that's why it's more intense yeah yeah you kind of need that intensity to to watch baseball at some point you know because it, it is such a slow game but, boys, we do have – this is an exciting time for us. We do have hockey starting back up. Um, you know, I was checking out the games for tonight. There was four games tonight. It gets rolling this week. We have the baseball playoffs coming up, so we got a lot of good sports on TV, NFL on the weekends. There's not not really a better time of year to watch sports right than right now. So um, a lot of good viewing. We'll touch on some uh, baseball next week. Pumpkin we'll beer. Pumpkin, baby. Touch on uh, what's going on in the NFL, but obviously we'll have a lot of hockey news for you next week and another special guest coming up next week, too. So we did have Paul Castron on tonight, uh, vice president of amateur sales or amateur, sales, amateur scouting for the for the devil. So that was pretty cool. And yeah. uh, we got a couple big guests coming up uh, in a couple of weeks. We got Eddie Belfort coming on. So don't miss that one. Uh, Eddie, the Eagle. Oh, I think he's a Hall of Famer, isn't he, boys? He is. Yes, he sir. Is. 
Yeah, and yep. he, he's got a new uh, um, liquor out there, Belfour Spirit. Um, he's, him and his son actually started this new uh, venture, and it uh, looks pretty good. Uh, I think uh, we're going to try to get a couple bottles, um, and they might be uh, throwing some sponsor money our way. So it's going to be excited to talk to him. I mean, all four of us guys have you know, watched Eddie Eagle Eye since we were uh, kids. Um, him winning a Stanley Cup with Dallas, so huge to have Eddie Eagle um, come on. And, my, and, and, and we've all blacked out on whiskey, so. And we've all, <laughs> yeah. So. And puke, so. Uh, just wanted to throw in there besides uh, Eddie, Eddie Eagle Eye Belfort, which is huge. Um, all our other podcasts that we had, we just had McAvoy on. Uh, we're getting Don Waddell on, the GM of the Hurricanes. Obviously, the Hurricanes uh, uh, made a big run last year. Uh, their AHL team, the Charlotte Checkers, won the Calder Cup. So we're going to get Don on, talk about uh, some. There's a lot of transactions this year um, with the uh, Hurricanes. Uh, a lot of transaction with the Checkers players. So uh, we'll get him on, talk a little bit about uh, what the uh, Hurricanes uh, uh, look like going forward. Yeah, now that we're kind of based out of Raleigh, North Carolina, this is uh, perfect for us to get into the get into the know of what's going on with the Hurricanes and develop a relationship with that organization. So it's big news for uh, for the Blue Line Hockey Club, and we can't wait to talk to more uh, Carolina Hurricanes in the future after we have Don on. So if you haven't listened to some of these podcasts that Pat just talked about, go to bluelinehockeyclub.com or your Apple Podcast app or Stitcher or any platform that you like to watch or listen to podcasts. Uh, and you can catch it. You can catch our show there. So we have 76 episodes now. So lots of listening. Catch up on what we what we've done over the last year and a half, and we keep putting out great episodes for you. So check out Twitter, Facebook, BlueLineHockeyClub.com, and you can check out all our stuff. All right, boys. Another great podcast. And until next time, keep your stick on the ice. Hey, Will. Oh, doctor. Keep your head up. Yeah. Yeah. Widow.